by faith. And it talks about the righteousness of God is revealed against all ungodliness. And the righteousness of men is suppressed through the unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. The attributes, the attributes of God are clearly seen through what is made. Through what is made. Being understood by the beings that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, his eternal power and his divine nature. Um, so that men are without excuse. Amen. Amen. Uh, this morning I was sharing on the same same topic, but I was talking about where Jesus in Matthew seven, uh, Matthew six says, "Consider the lilies how they grow," and then he said, "Consider the birds of the air." What he was saying, you have a Bible study that is not in church, but is in creation. There is a way to know God and to understand His nature, to know His wisdom, and so you can become like Him through creation. You don't have to hear the voice of God late in the night, although that's good. But you can learn about God, His eternal power, and His divine nature. Again, His power and His wisdom revealed by creation, by studying creation. And so I want to talk about handling the future as creation does. And so that is the main, the main topic, the main, uh, I guess, the, the main tagline. Understanding the attributes of God through uh, what is clearly seen in creation, knowing his eternal power and his divine nature. Because the point of knowing God is so we ourselves can be transformed into the same image. 1 Corinthians 3, 13, the Bible says that we gaze upon that glory and whenever we gaze like in a mirror, we are changed into the same glory from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. And so throughout the Bible, God uses creation to teach people. He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. He says, consider the birds of the air, they neither toil, nor do they gather, but your father feeds them. That is how you know that you're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. Then there's, there's another verse in Isaiah where he says, look at the ox. The ox knows its owner, but my people, Israelites, they don't know their owner. They don't know me. In fact, an ox is better than them. And I want you to look at Proverbs 6. Proverbs chapter 6. How we handle tomorrow. How we steward the future. Proverbs 6, verse 8. Okay, 6 6. Proverbs 6 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which having no captain, overseer, 
provides us supplies in the summer and gathers our food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little falling of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and you need like an armed man. And so he says, the way to handle the future like God, remember, we look at nature to know his eternal power and to know and to understand his divine nature. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5, we have talked about this, the Bible says, by his grace, he has provided us to us these precious promises, exceedingly precious promises, but that by them we may become partakers of his divine nature. And so we are called to be partakers of God's divine nature. And uh, the more we study and know his divine nature, the more we begin to behave and to operate like God, to function like God. And so he says, one lesson I need you to take is a lesson of going to the ant. And I want you to understand how humbling this is. You are supposed to go and you're not supposed to gaze, you're not supposed to cast a glance, you're supposed to go and study the ant, you sluggard. And see how the ant does not have the Holy Spirit to wake it up, to wake it up to pray. Does not have the pastor come and say it's time to pray. It does not have any overseer or ruler, but it does not even have a captain, but it gathers its food in summer for winter. Having no captain, overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Okay. Let me show you God's divine nature when it deals with the future. Ephesians 1, verse 2, 3, and 4, the Bible says that he has chosen us in him, in Jesus, before the foundations of the world. God decided before Adam sinned, I'm going to prepare my son to die for them. God prepared the supplies for winter while it was still summer. Jesus, the Bible says, he is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. We move on from that one. All right. Then Jesus stands to pray at the tomb of Lazarus. What does he say? I know you've heard my prayers. I know you always hear my prayers. In fact, I'm not here to pray for this. I'm doing this for them. What was Jesus saying? The power to raise the dead. I already secured it before I got here. I'm not praying the prayers for this Sunday today. I'm not praying for the prayers for where I am in ministry today. I prayed them 10 years ago. 
Because most believers, we prep Christ's prayers. Whenever we get there, it's when we want to fast, it's when we want to cash up, it's when we want to pray. But Jesus says, I've already prayed the prayers for this. I've secured this breakthrough. My prayers are praying for the future. And when you read John 17, he says, I pray for them and others who hear my word through them. I pray for those even who are not among them. I am not praying for them now. I'm praying for them in the future. How we handle the future is we understand we are supposed to secure it from far along. Ephesians 1 verse 2. Ephesians 2 verse 10. The Bible says that um, it says for by grace you are saved through faith and that not of your own. It is by grace you are, uh, by his grace you are saved. Not works that anyone should boast. And then it says, For you are saved for works that were prepared for you before the foundations of the world. Mm -hmm. So you see, God's nature, He prepared you, then He prepared the works. Before you even showed up, there was a career description, there was a job description for you. That is how God is in the future. He does not scratch His head when you wake up. He has already determined how that will be. And so if we are going to operate in the nature of God, we must begin not praying for where I am in ministry today, but praying for where God has said my ministry will be 10 years from now. Do you get that? That's why God gives Abraham a promise and says, you shall have a child. And for 25 years, Abraham is supposed to be preparing for that child. But most of us, we get surprised. Why is there no child today? Because you're not ready. You're supposed to be using the time that you're waiting to pray for that son. Do you know, the Bible says they went through the wilderness so they would learn how to fight giants. He was teaching them the grace of the wilderness I've already given you in Egypt. I'm not here to teach you how to handle wilderness. I'm here to teach you how to handle Canaan. And so, I am employed now so I can handle the next level. And so I'm not praying for my job right now. The job is a product of prayers I prayed last year. Mm-hmm. When I'm here, I am praying for where God is taking me because I am walking in the spirit of the prophetic. Mm-hmm. I have learned how the ant operates. The nature of God is to deal with the future today. The nature of God is to provide all the prayers or the fasting for next year, this year. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And so, if the year is good, and I sleep, and I have a bad year next year, it's not the devil, it is because I kept nothing. Mm-hmm. You remember those ladies, the Bible says in the kingdom of God is like 10 virgins. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. And then they ran off. Why? They did not have extra in case he stayed. Whenever we run out of juice in the ministry, whenever we run out of juice at work, whenever we run out of juice in our families, in our marriages, it is not because the devil attacked us today. It's because we did not learn about dealing with our demon five years ago. The prayers and the fasting we are praying and fasting today, they are not for today. Jesus says, I pray for them. 
Not because I'm leading them, but because they are going to face things in the future. Was praying for their future. The ant prepares itself. Go and study the ant, you slogan, that you may learn to wake up even when the sun is shining. When everybody is at the beach enjoying, you are on your knees looking for food because you know winter is coming. The father of last year called Game of Thrones or something. They say winter is coming. That's a huge thing. Brethren, winter is coming. Right now everything is fine. Right now the devil doesn't even mess with you. But the next level you are going to, there will be giants and demons that will need all the expertise you have right now. Mm. And so you're supposed to be lifting weights. You're supposed to be fasting and pushing even when there's nothing really to pray against right now. Mm. There's no demon that is bothering your uh, family. There's nobody who is sick. Your ministry is going well right now. It's when you should be preparing for Canaan because giants are coming. That's why God calls you and tells you, David, not this David, but can you see? <laughs> David, you're going to become a king. And then he waits for 14 years. And you're thinking, why? I mean, why anoint him and wait 14 years? Why tell him, I'm going to give you a child and wait 25 years? Because he's inviting you to his nature that you may understand what he says today. It is for you to start preparing yourself for the days to come. Mm. So you can be a steward of those blessings. The problem is most of us sit down and get angry and mad and frustrated that it's not happening as quick as we thought it should be. But we are not ready. Go to the sluggard, you aren't. And so David begins fighting. First of all, after he's anointed, all of a sudden he is brought to the king's house and he begins Pray, uh, uh, praising God by playing the instrument. And he thinks, well, maybe this is what God said. But that's not what God said. He did not say you'll be a worship leader in the king's house. He said, I've raised you up to be a king. David kills Goliath. Women start singing. And David thinks, maybe this is it. But God realizes putting David in the king's house is not enough to prepare him for the demons you'll be fighting. And so God yanks him and throws him to the wilderness where he is running away for 14 years. Someone who is already anointed. But God is teaching him how to secure the victory when you get to the throne in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I don't pray for conferences this year. This year. That doesn't make sense. There's a preacher we went with to a crusade and he said, I want everybody fasting. If you didn't fast before you got here, just eat. This is not the place to fast. You don't fast on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. If you did not fast before we got here, go to the slug, go to the ant, you sluggard. I'm not praying for Abby because she's seven. I'm already praying for her seven-year-old. I'm praying for years to come. You remember, I don't know, for those who are saved before they got married, there were, there were preachers who tell us, pray for your future spouse. Mm. Those people knew what they were saying. Mm. Yeah? Mm. They, they, I think there was even a woman who came to our school, in high school, and said, I want you to pray for your grandchildren. I'm thinking, lady, 
you lost your mind? Pray for my grandchildren. A lot of you are getting married. Go to the aunt you slaughtered and learn how they handle the future. The fasting you are being told to fast today is not because you have problems. Hallelujah. It's not because you don't have a job. It is not because immigration is after you. It's not because you, you don't have food. You're fasting because of giants that are five, ten years to come. You're praying and blessing God for generations to come. And when you feel like pulling up your blanket, is that how you like praying to them? You don't understand that the prayers you're praying, you're keeping them as a memorial and a storage for days to come. Mm. You are raising up your muscles because there will be a day mm. when you will stand before 20,000 people and you've not, if you have not prayed for that meeting, you will not be, have prayers for that day. Mm. That will not be the right place. And Jesus says, I apologize, God. I'm not here to pray to ask you for, to raise the last of us. This is not the place. This is not the place to pray for prayers of raising Lazarus. But I'm doing it for them, that they may know you have sent me. Otherwise, all this breakthrough, I already secured it. We don't heal cancer when someone with cancer comes in. They're doing marriage counseling and uh, marriage uh, seminars. We don't deal with the marriages then. They, they, they give uh, many examples of their own life and the giants they have had to fight. And I thought, they already fought so many giants that when they stand here, they are not here to fight these giants. Right now, they are fighting giants of marriages of Asians and Americans and Latinos. They are not fighting for marriages of young Kenyan couples. That's not what they are fighting. Mm. Now they are fighting giants to come. Right now, this is already secured ground. Mm. Amen. Amen. Go to the home. Mm. The aunt. How do you go aunt in Swahili? <laughs> 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 That's what I know, the Giriri. Which one is Fire Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Google is your best friend, yeah? Go to the ant. Chungu. 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 Go to the ant. Right now, they are gathering food and putting it away. Not because they are hungry, but because winter is coming. Before God made men, he made purples and mangoes and fish and calves. So when man came, he'd find something to eat. That is the nature of God. He made Eden, 
than he meant man. Okay. You, you read uh, Deuteronomy 28 that says, blessed is a man, you know, if you obey these words and you follow them, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field, blessed shall you be when you come and when you go, blessed shall be your flock and all of that. And then eventually it said, blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. He does not say with the, start with the fruit of the womb. You better have cows, you better be blessed in the field, you better be blessed in the city before you start talking about a womb. You don't get children and then you think, what are they going to eat? The, 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 the spiritual principle, the nature of God, is that I will bless you in the field, I will bless you in the city, I will bless you with the, 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 your flock, I will bless your, your flower, I will bless everything, and then I will bless you with the fruit of your womb. Because his nature is to prepare you for the works that you are created for before the foundations of the world. Go to the sluggard, you, uh, go to the ant, you sluggard, and learn her ways, and see her wisdom, that you may see that she has no captain, she has no overseer, she has no, no one to rule over her, and yet she wakes up in the summer and goes to look for food that she does not need right then. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, Hebrews 12. Enda kwa chungu. Ewe nani? Niko alezi pasi. Mzembe? Mhm. Vivu, eh? Tazama, tazama chungu, ewe mvivu. Usivute blanketi, usikunje mikono, useme just one more hour, then I will wake up. The snooze button, the discipline, and I'm talking about the discipline of prayer that allows you to fight with the demons that are not there in your family right now. That allows you to fight with alcoholism and fight with the drug abuse and nobody is fighting with those things right now. Mm -hmm. Because one day you will find someone and you will not have them to pray. You will say, by the authority I secured 15 years ago, I set you free. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And But the problem is, we are trying to pray for five hours for someone who has a problem of drug abuse today and we have never ever secured that ground for ourselves. So the question, we say, let us, uh, we'll be fasting this week. What are we fasting for? What's wrong? Who is sick? What's the problem? My family, family from today will be fasting on Monday. Why, what's going on? Who is going for, who is going sitting for an exam? Is anybody sick? From uh, Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race that is set ahead of us. When it comes to the race of faith, it is not measured in speed. It is measured in stamina. It's not how fast you can go. It is how long you can last. 
It's not whether you can start. It's whether you can finish well. Let us run with endurance. The, 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 the race that ahead of us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Not because of hell, but because there will be a time I will need to be running and I cannot run with this thing. I cannot run with this thing. And so I set it aside today, even though I can still minister with it. I can gossip and I'm still a good mother or a good father. I can lie and everything is fine. But I know where I am going, this will be a problem. And so I start dealing with it right now. I go to the aunt and I look at how she prepares her summer. When everybody is going to mobile to lay at the beach, the aunt is working hard to make sure that when winter comes, she will have food. And so I fight this, even though everybody around me doesn't care. It seems like they are okay with it. Mm. It seems like everybody is okay with this. Someone will say, well, you know everybody does this. Everybody. I know you pastor, you don't know. But everybody does this. Everybody. Everybody is getting married. I know they don't tell you, but they come to church and they are fine. I'm thinking, I'm not doing this for now. I'm, I'm not doing this for now. I'm saying no because of where I'm going. I'm teaching myself discipline to trust God even when I'm pressed. Not because if I do it, I will not go to heaven. But because there will be a time where the stakes will be so much higher. And if I've not taught myself to trust God in this small thing that nobody cares about where everybody is doing it, then I will not be trustworthy that day. And so I fight this, I overcome this, because there will be bigger giants to fight coming out my way. Hallelujah. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who the joy for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged. Right now, you're fighting things that nobody cares. If people heard this, what you're fighting, they, will know what, they, will, they wouldn't understand. They wouldn't understand why you're fighting the battle you're fighting, because it seems like you are much, much better than any Christian there ever was. You are better than all your friends. You, you wake up and pray and you're saying, I really want to be more prayerful. And they're wondering, why would you want to be more prayerful? You're, always more, you're already more prayerful than we are. Amen? Amen. But you know where you're going. You need many more prayers than your 15 minutes. Yes. And so you're struggling and saying, God, help me to pray 20. Not because if you pray 15, your car will run out of fuel. But because you're knowing where you're going, you will need that extra five minutes. There are things I have now. There are places I am going today. But it was because of prayers I prayed with a small tower, the, the little thing. Eh? The little thing with a wick. Those, those days, I would go into that little church by myself, and you can see through when you are one mile away. You can see there's someone in that little church and you're praying. You're not praying for the youth conference that is coming, but you're telling God, I keep my soul. 
keep my soul, prepare my soul. And when I wander, please bring me back. So that when I wander and I can't pray, those prayers, they take me and they bring me back. Because there's no garbage can for prayers. And so right now, I'm not praying to get out of temptations. I'm praying for temptations that will come. I'm praying for the things that will happen. I'm securing that future. And so my unfaithfulness today actually becomes robbing the future of its grace. I mean, that makes sense. Huh? If I sleep today, nobody goes to work today and expects a check today. Everybody understands if you start working today, there will be a check tomorrow. And so the check you'll be eating next week will be for the work you worked last week. Moving on. Consider him. You have not yet resisted into bloodshed, striving against sin. But only if you have. But the word of God is saying you have not. You have not been tempted where if you don't do it, then you will lose your blood. We don't even get there. It's just a small, small discomfort and we are ready to give up. He says, I'm inviting you to this place where you learn to accept discipline for today, for the race tomorrow. I think World Cup is about to start or has started somewhere. But the people who are in World Cup are not in World Cup because they wanted to. They're not in World Cup because they started exercising last week. They have been exercising for the past four years for this one month. If you're going to run, you cannot run because the race is there. You must start from far. And so for some of you, God has already spoken about a ministry he wants to give you. He has already spoken about what he has called you for. And for 17 years, he has been waiting for you to grow up. And for 14 years, you have been running away from soul. And he is thinking, when will he get it? Now here he is, mourning and groaning that the, and, and the ministry has not come. And yet I've given him these 40 years like Moses to get ready. And then when I come and say, Moses, time to go. Say, I can't speak. I'm not ready. God ambushes Moses to kill him. 40 years and you're telling me you're not ready? You're telling me I gave you the opportunity to mature, to exercise your muscles so you can lead people out of Israel. And you're telling me you're not ready? Says that God was mad with him, asking who created the tongue. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So you can imagine God puts you in a gym and says, I want you to be waking up at 6 a.m. to pray. And you're thinking, Lord, do you know where you are at Russell City last night at 2 o'clock? Today I want to wake up. After all, today is a holiday. There's nothing really happening. Nobody's going to be driving. Nobody's sick in this house. Why should I wake up today? 
There is nothing I'm praying for. But you're preparing your muscles for a day in the future. And so he says, my son, appreciate the discipline of the law. When you go to the gym, in fact, um, you can jump and then we'll come back. It says, the same, the same chapter, he says, uh, now verse 12, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down. Strengthen those hands. Even when you feel like not doing it, do it. Even when everything in your life tells you, you can take the shortcut, take the right cut. Even when you feel like, okay, today, I don't have to do the right thing. Do it anyway. Strengthen the hands that are hanging. Make straight paths for your feet, so that whereas lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. There are places in you that are, uh, that are dislocated. Let them be healed. What is lame? Let it not be dislocated, but be healed. Because you are making straight. You are not making shortcuts. You are not making shortcuts. You are making sure I am submitting myself to the Father of Spirits. And that's what it says here. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man shall seek. Up there, up there, up there, up there. It says, verse 9, I think. For you, if you endure, verse 7, if you endure chastening, if you endure discipline, because that's the thing, you have to endure discipline. Nobody is going to enjoy it. Let me tell you, nobody likes waking up to pray. Nobody likes fasting. Nobody fasts naturally. Nobody. There is nobody who fasts naturally. Oh, they know. You know, he has the grace to fast. There's no grace to fast. There's no grace to pray. In fact, the Holy Spirit doesn't help you to pray. He helps you with material. Bible says, Romans 8, 26, he helps us in our weakness for he helps us to pray what we ought to pray for. Not how we ought to pray, but what we ought to pray. He provides material. You don't pray that's your problem. The way you partner with the Holy Spirit, he searches the mind of God and gives us prayer material. What you do with it, that's up to you. There is no grace for prayer. In fact, the only place where the grace of prayer is mentioned is uh, Zephaniah, I believe, where it says, and I'll pour them the spirit of supplication and grace, and they shall mourn for me as one mourns for an only son when they shall see the one whom they pierce. It will be too late. When the spirit of supplication is poured, it will be time for judgment. But for now, brethren, the discipline of fasting and prayer and Kesha, nobody has it. Nobody has that grace. It is a discipline. Someone will make sure I'm going to prepare myself today for the race 10 years from now. I'll make sure I get into that gym. I lift the weights. I'll get into that gym and I run miles around. Not because if I run today, I check myself. I've not lost weight. I say, oh, well, I tried. No, I will run and run because I did not gain weight by the bag I ate yesterday. I gained weight by a bag I ate 10 years ago. And so when I start running today, I'm not trying to lose a bag I ate today. I'm trying to lose a bag I ate last 10 years ago. And 10 years from now, I've lost the bag I ate today. Went into losing weight. Let me move from there. <laughs> Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. 
Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Shall you not submit yourself? When he says pray without ceasing, will you not take that as important? When he says watch and pray, will you not take that as important? When he says this one does not come by prayer and fasting. Remember when Jesus said that he didn't fast that time. He said this does not come by prayer and fasting. He knows, well, let me fast now so we can take it out. He had already fasted for that demon. For the authority and the power of that demon, it already provided grace. It already secured the victory. And so, my wife doesn't really pray for Abigail. She prays for Abigail's husband. <laughs> And children. She's already fought that battle. Now she's fighting for the future. Go to the aunt, his mother. There's a time we had the Amiric here, they said a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Not his children, but his children, children. His eye is not on this generation. On the, the one after them. Jesus says, I'm not praying for them. I'm praying for those who hear the word through them. I've already prayed for these ones and have given them the glory that you gave me before the foundation of the world. But I'm praying for those who hear my word through them. Mm. So will you accept discipline today for things that you don't need? Will you submit yourself to the Father of Lights? And wake up to pray, even when everything in your house is going well. Even when everything, there's so much happiness in your family. And say, now I want to secure happiness for my grandchildren. I want to secure happiness for when I am gone. When I'm not here, I want to secure that future. Shall we not much more readily be submitted to the Father's spirits and live? That is really the question about this whole thing. Will you submit? Everybody has to submit to a coach. Everybody has to submit to a coach. If you're going to run, you have to submit to discipline. Wake up in the morning and run. I saw a very disturbing video this week. There was a kid, maybe he was saying seven years old, and he is running in a gym. And his father, who is a coach, has like, I don't know what he had. It's, it looked like, um, so, like some kind of chair. And the kid will be running like this. And the father will come and boom. And the kid will do like this and will keep running. And then boom. And he is yelling at him. Let me go fast commenting. This is child abuse. Who does he think he is? Someone needs to call the police on him. Then someone there mentioned and said, that's because you always see NFL players on Sunday. You don't know where they started. You don't know the pain they went through. You don't know how much they have been yelled to. And so when you see the coach yelling and they don't quit, you don't know that they have been yelled at their whole life. They are used to yelling. 
And so you're wondering, why is someone yelling at you and you're still showing up? I've heard all the yelling there is. You go read the story of Tiger Woods. It says when the father was training Tiger Woods, because the father was a coach of Tiger Woods, he would come with the drums in the golf course. When Tiger Woods is about to swing, he would beat the drums. He would come with a gun. When Tiger Woods is about to swing, he would shoot the gun. He would kick him. And he tell him, this is nothing compared to what you're going to see. People are going to be shouting. And if you cannot close your ears when people are shouting to play your golf, then you are useless. And so I'm going to make as much noise now. Because when you get there, there will be noise. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you are running this race, and people are yelling, demons are yelling, angels are cheering. How are you going to keep your focus? How are you going to keep your focus? You must submit yourself to the Father of Spirits so you can receive discipline when you are hidden. When you are hidden in the wilderness, those are the times. All the songs in songs. By the way, have you have you ever realized David never wrote the only psalm he wrote when he was in the palace was when he messed up. Psalm 51. Mm. All the other psalms, he wrote them when he was running away. His experience with God, his deepest experience with God was when he was by himself in the wilderness. Because when he got up there, he was too busy ruling and running the ministry. But in the wilderness, he formed his relationship with God that carried him in those times. And so right now, you're doing your doubles. And you say, well, God understands. Now you wake up and pray. You fast. I know. You fast. Because there will be a time where you will use those fastings and those prayers and those cashes to fight those demons. You, but you cannot get there and say, hey, let's fast. There's a demon that has entered our family. There's a wedding coming for my son. Let us now fast. No. You do it now. Go to the aunt, you sluggard, and consider how she prepares for the winter in the summer. So, <laughs> That, 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 that uh, Hebrews 12, it says this. I think I may have concluded too fast. Strength the hands and hang down and all of that and all of that. Uh, pursue peace. Does uh, anyone fall short of the grace of God? Does any root of bitterness bring up cause trouble? By this many have been defiled. 16. Does there be any fornicator or profane person like his soul who for one morsel of food soul is birthright? If you learn to go without today, you know, you learn to go without, and you still go to church, and you still, still seek God, one day the devil will give you a morsel of bread and say, I'm a fan. I'm okay. I'll have to eat that. I'm not going to exchange my birthright for a morsel of bread. How many are exchanging their birthright for a morsel of bread? How many? Why? Because they never learned. I mean, this guy is not like he had been hungry for a week. Esau was only hungry for one day. One day. And he said, what is birthright? What is birthright? Just, just take it. Just take it. I will have my dengue. Take it. 
It says, if you discipline yourself, and Paul says, I have now learned how to abound and how to abase. I can do all things through Christ. I'm fine. I've been through hell and back. I've been capsized. My body has been capsized. I've been naked. I've been stoned. Now I can do all things. You Corinthians, you Philippians, if you want to bless me or not bless me, I am quite okay. I've learned how to have millions and how to sleep under a bridge. I've learned how to walk with the kings and how to be in prison naked. And so I know what is important and I will not exchange my birthright for a morsel of bread. This guy never prepared for such a time. And so the Bible says he exchanged it. And though he sorted diligently with the tears, he couldn't find it back. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with the fire to blackness and darkness and tempest. This is a company you've come to. The sound of the trumpet, the voice of words to those who heard it, begged that they should worship, not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. For if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with the arrow. The funny thing with that is that God tells them, three days, I'm going to come meet with you, so cleanse yourself. These guys say, ah, three days? Why am I cleansing myself and he's not coming today? Why am I cleansing myself tomorrow? It's not coming tomorrow. I'll cleanse myself when he comes the right day. When God comes, they all run away. They did not understand that he gave them three days so they can purify themselves that day so they will be ready for that day. But they became expert procrastinators. The Lord deliver us from procrastinating. Mm -hmm. eh? mm -hmm. Seriously. And people use it as a badge of honor. I'm an expert procrastinator. Whenever we have to study, I always study the last moment. I like studying the last moment. That's just who I am. They are expert procrastinators. Whenever a demon has to be kicked out, I will pray whenever it's absolutely necessary. When the giant comes to the door, that's when I ask for God for power. Go to the aunt and learn how she handles the future. You have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Then we look at Abraham, and we say, man, God was putting all his, his hope in this guy. God had put all his hope in Abraham. Yeah, I mean, if Abraham had refused to sacrifice Isaac, what would have happened? And we don't see ourselves as the ones now holding that same mantle in our time. That the God is still looking for Abraham's today. God is still looking for people and he's saying, this man. And so, can Abraham now are looking and saying, man, he better not drop the ball. Mm. 
he better now all history, all history hangs on this one guy. Huh? Man, I mean, seriously, all history hangs on whether Naomi and Ruth would go back. And whether Ruth would accept to go with Naomi. And whether Naomi would stop complaining. History, God trusted as history on a woman who said, where you go, I will go. God trusted as history on a prostitute called Rahab. And these are the people who are surrounding us, now watching and saying, now, let's see what Florence will do. What if she's anointed today and nothing happened for 14 years? She's in the wilderness, running from Saul. What if people sing her song today? How she has killed Goliath, and then tomorrow Saul is trying to kill her. What happens? What if I trust David and tell him I will give you a son? And then I disappear for 25 years. And they are holding their breath, hoping this guy understands it. Hoping this guy accepts discipline now because of what's coming up in the future. Hoping this guy is able to seek the face of God, not for his problems now, but for the problems to come. And we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses and saying, man, these are giants of faith. And you know, the problem with that is that the giants of faith, they understand they have been entrusted with the future. He prepared us for the works before the foundations of the world. Go to the earth, be started. God never begins anything without finishing it. And so he puts all the resources needed. 30 years, Jesus was preparing for his three years. 30 years, Jesus prepared for his three years. The Bible says that he grew up in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with men and with God. 30 years, his business was to grow in stature. Not physical stature, but spiritual muscle. Go to the end. He did not receive the anointing to chase demons when the Spirit came upon him. He had that same grace. He had been working on those gifts for 30 years. That's how Mary knew this guy can perform miracles. That's how it's not a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Mary knew he had seen this guy perform some miracles in the in the kitchen. And he knew he turned and said, Oh, my time is not yet. It's not my time is not yet, but my public time has not come. But I can do this. I've already had 30 years of experience. And if you doubt that, Hebrews 5 it says that he, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things he suffered. He received discipline. Let's let's read that one more time as we conclude. Proverbs six six.
sleep today, you know your need is still lifting weights. The devil is still preparing for you. Question is, will you wake up or sluggard and submit yourself to the Father of Spirits that you may receive discipline? Father, thank you. We want to learn from the end, that we may wake up from our sleep, that we may receive discipline, that we may endure the race ahead of us, that we may run with endurance, seeing that many are watching and hoping that we finish well what they have already run. Because this, this race is not a sprint, this race Lord, is a race where we hand over the baton. We move from one generation to another, and we are the ones running. We are the ones running right now. May we accept discipline in the quiet, in the dark, where no one is watching, that we may accept seek your face, where nobody appreciates, where nobody claps or cheers, mm -hmm. where nobody applauds, we may learn to secure the things in the future because that's your nature, oh God. You do all things well. You already settled the future from the past. You already uh, settled the omega from the alpha. 
Help us now to do the same. That we may not walk into an uncertain future. We may walk into a certain future where we have already secured it with the prayer and fasting and watching. In the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray and believe. Amen. 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 I believe there is an envelope next to you. We'll, uh, we'll prepare our offerings, our tithes.